I'm tickled to death to be here. Paul said to tell everyone hello. A lot of people did, actually. Um, Wednesday night, <clears throat> Henry Mahan came up to me and grabbed me by the arm and he said, you're going to preach in Cottageville Sunday, right? I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, you make sure you tell them that I love them. He said, you tell them I miss them. He said, I'm thinking about them. You make sure you tell them. I said, it'll be the first thing I say. Let's turn to the book of 2 Kings chapter 1. <clears throat> Second Kings chapter one. These Old Testament chapters are old stories that apply to us today. And uh, I hope that this will be a help to all of us today. Second Kings chapter 1, verse 1 says, Then Moab rebelled against Israel after the death of Ahab, and Ahaziah fell down through a lattice in his upper chamber that was in Samaria and was sick. And he sent messengers and said unto them, Go inquire of Baalzebub, the god of Ekron, whether I should recover of this. The people of Moab rebelled against the people of Israel. And during this rebel, this king, Ahaziah, climbed up to his upper chamber. While he was up there, the last day, he fell down to the ground. He's sick. He's, he's paralyzed in bed. And he told these messengers in verse 2, he said, Go inquire of Baalzebub, the god of Ekron. Go pray to this other god find out whether or not I'm going to recover from this disease. Now, Ahaziah and these men had the law. Exodus chapter 20, which is the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20 verse 3 says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's the very first commandment. Number one, thou shalt have no other gods before me. They knew the law. He knew this. He just chose to ignore it. He chose to disobey it. And we still have this same law today. The word shall not fail. Not one word of mine shall fail. We still have it today. But men and women still choose to ignore it. Disobey it. Take it down off the walls in our schools. But he said, go inquire of this other God. Turn to Isaiah chapter 43. 
Isaiah chapter 43, verse 10, says, You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe and understand that I am He. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared and have saved, and I have showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore you are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Yea, before the day was, I am He. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it? Isaiah 44, one page over, one chapter over, says, verse 6, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. Chapter 45. Verse 5 says, I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. Three chapters back to back, the Lord says, there is no other God. No other God. In this same chapter, verse 20 says, Assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together that they, ye that are escaped of the nations. They have no knowledge that set up the wood of their graven image and pray unto a God that cannot save. They're praying unto a God that cannot save. They're always talking about Jesus. But the Jesus that they describe cannot save. Unless you let him. Unless you do something. He cannot save. That's not this Jesus. They pray to a God that cannot save. Verse 21 says, Tell ye, and bring them near, yea, let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient time? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? And there is no God else beside me. A just God and a Savior, there is none beside me. Look unto me and be ye saved. All the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. None else. Ahaziah fell. He became sick, and he had a need because he was sick. He had a question, and he needed some counseling. He said, go inquire of this other God. He was praying to a God that cannot save. Cannot save. So are most men and women today. Praying to a God that cannot save. Looking and trusting in their own God. Whatever it may be. Money. Knowledge. Whatever it may be. They're trusting in their own God. And it cannot save. But the God of Scripture, the God who said, I am God. I am God. There is none else. The God, Emmanuel. God with us. The Lord Jesus Christ 
it says he shall save his people whether they want to or not he shall save them if we need someone to inquire to scripture says his name is counselor if we have any problem and we do if we have any burden and we all do I do any problem scripture tells us take our burden to the Lord and leave it there whatever it may be you take it to the Lord and just leave it there I love the book Pilgrim's Progress I love that book Pilgrim had a burden on his back and uh, he wanted to get rid of this burden and uh, realized he was in the city of destruction and uh, somebody told him there was a place he could get rid of this burden and he started telling all his family and all his friends I've heard of a place I can get rid of this burden and I'm going there and I want you to come with me and they said, we don't want to go. And we don't want you to go. And they started mocking him. And they started laughing at him. And he put his fingers in his ears. And he ran out of the city of destruction yelling, Life, life, eternal life. And he was pointed in the direction through yon wicked gate. And he was running down the straight and narrow way. And all of a sudden, he came upon the cross of Calvary. And he looked up. Whatever our problem is, whatever we need, Take it to the Lord and leave it there. The Lord will provide. If Ahaziah would have only inquired of the Lord God of heaven, the creator of all things, the owner of all things, the giver of all things. Romans 8.32 says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Whatever we need. What do we need? He said, ask. You will receive. If anybody asks a good thing, you're going to receive. Lord, I'm sick. Ahaziah is sick. Lord, I'm sick. I'm filled with this loathsome disease called sin. That's my problem. That's my burden. Filled with this loathsome disease called sin. The song says, if you from sin are longing to be free, look to the Lamb of God. He alone is able to save you. Me. Ahaziah didn't do this. He told his messengers, go inquire of Beelzebub. This is a, another god. The god of Ekron, it says. Verse 3 says, but the, he sent messengers, but the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, arise, go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria and say unto them, is it not because there is not a god in Israel that you go to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? Is it not because there's not a god in Israel? Not that he's not there. 
God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. Maurice Montgomery went into the service going overseas. And his dad was worried for him. And he told him when he was getting on a bus, put his hand on his shoulder and he said, Son, you remember, God goes everywhere. And you're just as safe over there as you are right here. Well, God is omnipresent. He's saying you don't worship Him. You don't acknowledge Him. You don't call on Him. Verse 4 says, Now therefore, thus saith the Lord, Thou shalt not come down from that bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. This sickness that you have is just it's not going to go away. You don't worship the true and living God. And you're not the bed that you've uh, gone up on. You're not going to come down from it. But shall surely die. That was it. That was the message. It says Elijah departed. That message was pretty to the point, wasn't it? You know, lawyers, and uh, you know, i am got my house for sale, and when we sell the house, I'm going to be glad to have a lawyer. But lawyers can make things pretty confusing. You know, I read that contract and I don't understand any of it. And uh, most of the preachers in the world today who are stuck on law, you got to do this and you got to do that, they make preaching pretty confusing too. I don't understand any of it. God's message is clear and plain. Scripture says, He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son hath not life. Elijah's message was, because you worship not the Lord God, you're going to die. Verse 5, And when the messengers turned back unto King Ahaziah, the king said unto them, Why are you now turned back? Why are you here so quick? I just sent you out. Verse 6 says, And they said unto him, There came a man up to meet us and said unto us, Go, turn again unto the king that sent you, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Is it not because there is not a God in Israel that thou sendest to inquire of Baalzebub, the god of Ekron? Therefore thou shalt not come down from that bed on which thou art gone up, but shall surely die. That was the message to Ahaziah. And that is the message to all mankind. All mankind. God told Adam in Genesis 2.17, In the day that thou eatest thereof, this is the tree that you cannot touch, and in the day that thou eatest thereof, here's the message, Thou shalt surely die. I'm sure the Lord, Jesus Christ, looked at Adam and said, Adam, do you understand what I'm telling you? Thou shalt surely die. Scripture says, start to finish, the wages of sin is death. Man chooses to ignore it and disobey it. And not believe it. 
I, I hear it, but I don't believe that. Well, verse 7 says, And he said unto them, What manner of man, the king said, What manner of man was he which came up to meet you and told you these words? And they answered him, He was a hairy man, and girt with a girdle of leather about his loins. And the king said, It's Elijah the Tishbite. He knew exactly who it was. Mark 1 says about John the Baptist, John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of a skin about his loins and he did eat locust and wild honey. I'm sure he stood out. And I know there's deeper spiritual meaning to what these men were wearing. But one thing we can see is God's true messengers, they don't blend in with the crowd in their message. Everybody else's message is kind of come one, come all, all for one. I know y'all are a little slightly here and slightly there, but kind of all lumped in the same thing. Not God's true messengers. When it comes to their message, it stands out. Something different. I'm sure back then the religious leaders were wearing robes. They were wearing jewels. Elijah's just wearing plain skin. He's not trying to draw attention to himself. I'm sure the religious leaders were telling the people like they do today, God loves you, needs you, has a plan for you. It's health, wealth, happiness. What was Elijah's message? All flesh is grass. All flesh is grass. Grass is going to be burned up. You're going to die. In the state you're in, not worshiping the true God, you're going to die. That is still the message today. Outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, man has no hope. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son hath not life. Verse 9 says, Then the king sent unto Elijah a captain of 50 with his 50. 51 men went to Elijah. And he went up to him, and behold, Elijah sat on the top of a hill, and he spake unto him, Thou man of God, the king has said, Come down. King Ahaziah has spoken. Come down. Now, it doesn't say what Elijah was doing on this hill, but he wasn't meditating. Didn't have his palms turned up. He's just sitting on a hill. And this captain comes along who thinks he's somebody. I'm the captain of the king's army. Thinks he's somebody and he tells Elijah what to do. The king has said, come down. The king wants to see you. Now, he did this ignorantly. He didn't know who Elijah was. He was just doing what he was told to do. He did it ignorant, ignorantly. Verse 10 says, And Elijah answered and said to the captain of fifty, If I be a man of God, then let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy fifty. And there came down fire from heaven and consumed him he walked up to him and he said, the king demands to see you. 
If I be a man of God, let fire come down. Now, the Lord allowed Elijah to do this to show, number one, the power of God and the holiness of God. You can't just approach God making demands. I teach guitar lessons. And all these young people, you know, some of them are, you know, the guys have got black fingernail polish on their nails and they all got spikes and everything. But some of them don't. Either way, even the spiky ones, they, you know, they're religious still. You know, they, they uh, I've lost a lot of students here lately to, uh, to uh, it's like mission work, or they, they call it something. Anyway, they talk about God, you know, they say God, I mean God. You can't just approach God and make demands. God is holy. The second reason is to show Elijah as being a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Luke chapter 9. Let's turn to Luke chapter 9. In verse 51. I think this is important. Luke 9, verse 51, it says, And it came to pass when the time was come that the Lord should be received up, He steadfastly set His face to go to Jerusalem. And He sent messengers before His face, and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for Him. And they did not receive Him because His face was as though He would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them even as Elias did? But our Lord turned and rebuked them and said, You know not what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man has not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. What he's saying is, God is our judge. Don't judge each other. We don't command fire to come down from heaven. Don't judge each other. God is our judge. There's one judge. One judge. Well, back in our text, this captain did this ignorantly, but it shows us ignorance is no excuse. It's no excuse. When a person goes to meet God, that person cannot say, I just didn't know. I didn't know there really was a God sitting on the throne. A real person. I didn't know there was a judge with whom I have to do. I didn't know there was one who has all power, really. All authority, really. All given to Him. I didn't know. person who approaches the Lord in that way is going to hear, depart from me, I never knew you. Well, verse 11 says, again also, he sent unto him another captain. The king sent to Elijah another captain of 50 with his 50. And he answered and said unto him, O man of God, thus hath the king said, come down quickly. 
And Elijah answered and said unto him, If I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy fifty. And the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. Now this captain knew what happened to the first captain. He didn't make it. This captain went in arrogantly. Not ignorantly. Arrogantly. Thinking highly of his ability. He didn't make it, but I'm going to make it. If anybody's going to make it, I can tell you I'm going to make it. I'm going to exercise my faith. Believe in me. I can do this. So he charges in to Elijah riding on his high horse. And he said, if I be a man of God, let fire come down. Romans 9 says, It is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. For the Scripture saith unto Pharaoh, Even for this same person have I raised thee, purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Ignorance is no excuse. And knowledge and ability and works is no help. No help. Does man have any hope with God? Any hope? Is there any way that sinful man can approach God? Any way? And not be consumed with fire? Verse 13 says, King Ahaziah sent again a third, a captain of the third fifty with his fifty. One more captain. And the third captain of fifty went up and came and he fell on his knees before Elijah. Fell on his knees. The reference says he fell. Now the other ones came riding in on their high horse and said, man of God, the king wants to see you. And this man, he comes in and he bows down. And he gets low. He fell on his knees before Elijah and he besought him and he said unto him, Oh, man of God, you are of God. You are God. O man of God, I pray thee. I'm begging you. Let my life and the life of these 50 thy servants. I thought they belonged to the king. No, 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 no. No, we're your servants. Let the life let my life and the life of these fifty thy servants be precious in thy sight. He approached cautiously. He approached lowly. He approached humbly. He fell on his knees before this man of God, this type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 14 says, 
this third captain is still speaking. Behold, there came fire down from heaven and burned up the two captains of the former fifties with their fifties. You've already, I've seen, you've already consumed 102 men. This is real. And you really are the judge. And he's saying, therefore, let my life now be precious in your sight. All the other men and the, all the other captains have perished at your word. All you did is spoke and they were gone. And you know what? The fear of this holy Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Christ is wisdom. Christ coming to a person the way you know that it happens. They get scared. You know what? I'm scared that He might come back before I hit the dust and bow the knee and worship His holy name. And if that happens... You know what's going to happen to me? I'm going to get burned up. And I am afraid. Job chapter 1 says, we all know the story of Job. You know everything that happened to Job. Everything the Lord allowed to happen. Everything He went through. Job 1 verse 20 says, Then Job arose and he rent his mantle and he shaved his head and he fell down upon the ground and he worshipped this holy God that had just taken And Job said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. You know what? Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, nor charge God foolishly. In verse 1 of Job, the Lord said He's a perfect, upright man. You know why? He fears God. One that fears God. How can a sinner approach this holy God? Luke 18. I'm going to wrap this up shortly, but let's turn to Luke 18. Luke chapter 18. Verse 10 says, Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus within himself, God, I thank Thee that I am not as other men are extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as that publican right there. I'm not a sinner like he is. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not even lift up as much as his eyes unto heaven but he smote upon his breast saying, God, 
be merciful to me, I'm a sinner. The Lord says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased. And he that humbleth himself, that man's going to be exalted, or that woman's going to be exalted. In Matthew 5, the Lord said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn. They shall be comforted. And they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek. They shall inherit the earth. For in our text, this other captain, these two other captains, they demanded an audience. They said, the king wants to see you right now. And this third captain said, in verse 14, here's my request. Let my life now be precious in thy sight. What he comes up and says is, have mercy on me. Just have mercy on me. Let my life now be precious. Psalm 116 verse 15 says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of His saints. It's precious because He redeemed that saint with His own precious blood. Psalm 139 says, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they're more in number than the sand. Your thoughts unto me, they're precious and they're more in number than the sand. When I awake, I'm still with thee. That's a precious thing. Oh Lord, let my life be precious in thy sight. That is what we ask. That's why we're here. Oh Lord, let our lives be precious in thy sight. That is how God will heal the sinner. That's how God will answer his prayer. Verse 15 says. And the angel of the Lord said unto Elijah, Go down with him. Be not afraid of him. And he arose and went down with him unto the king. Not only did the Lord answer this man's prayer, he had mercy on him. He spared his life. But he supplied all his need too. The king sent this captain on an errand. And this captain had a job to do. A responsibility to fulfill. What was going to happen to him if he said, I just couldn't get him? Well, then you're not going to be my captain. Not only did the Lord answer his prayer, but he supplied what he needed. The Lord told Elijah, go down with him. Go meet with the king. The Lord said, ask with a humble heart. Ask. And you will receive. You will. I'll supply all your need. Everything you need. Not everything you want everything you need. Verse 15 says, And the angel of the Lord said unto Elijah, Go down with him, be not afraid of him. And he arose and went down with him unto the king. And he said unto the king, Thus saith the Lord, For as much as thou hast sent messengers to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, is it not because there is no god in Israel to inquire of his word, 
Therefore thou shalt not come down off the bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. So he died according to the word of the Lord which Elijah had spoken. And Jehoram reigned in his stead in the second year of Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, because he had no son. Now the rest of the acts of Ahaziah which he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the king of Israel? The word of the Lord shall stand. It's going to stand. Judgment, it will be judgment. But mercy, it will be mercy. It is going to be mercy. King Ahaziah died. He died. As the Lord said he would, because he did not worship the Lord God of heaven. But this captain, this third captain, and all his men, like Noah, they found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And I want to follow that man. I want to. I want to follow exactly what he did. Follow his lead. There's only one way to approach a holy God, and it is by falling down at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ, kissing his feet, kissing the Son, begging him for mercy. Lord, would you have mercy on me? He said, if you ask, you will receive. All who come to me, I am not going to cast them out. Our one true need. May the Lord bless his word.